My hands are behind my back. The thumbs have been lashed together with a short length of zip tie. The kind of stuff that gets tighter the more you pull at it. And right now, the short strips holding my thumbs and pinkies are so tight that the tips of my fingers feel like they're going to burst. Like hot grapes. It must be bad, since I lost feeling in the rest of my hands hours ago. Blood is rolling down my hairline, making a half-circuit along the side of my face, like a scarlet moon, before cutting in and dribbling over a cheek and into one swollen eye. The blood comes from a six-inch trench, going from the top of my scalp to just north of my forehead. Someone put it there with a two-foot length of rebar, wrapped in electrical tape. The tape wasn't there to soften the blow. It was to give him a better grip. The deep, diamond-shaped cross-hatching that gives rebar a better bond with cement is what laid my scalp open. But it was the force of the blow that cracked my skull. I'm nauseous and can smell my own vomit, which is puddled in front of me. That probably means I'm lying on the floor. I can't tell since my good eye is closest to the ground, and any time I move my head, I scream. The pain doesn't stop at my face. My ribs feel gone, too. Half of them snapped like plastic straws. It's hard to breathe, though that may be from the blood running down my throat. The bruises up and down both arms aren't worth mentioning, but my gut is aching, and my testicles have ballooned to the size of tennis balls, which is what happens when they've been kicked repeatedly. The beating, as brutal as it was, wasn't systematic. For what it's worth, this was done in a frenzy. It wasn't an interrogation, and it wasn't about payback. Nobody asked questions or took time to gloat. They just wanted to hurt. Small consolation, but the guy with the rebar hadn't done anything a hospital couldn't put back together, with enough time and health insurance. No one had lopped off a finger or spooned out an eye. It might take weeks or months, or years even, to heal. But as long as I have a pulse, I have a chance. I'm still thinking that when he comes back, quietly this time, maybe to watch me struggling to take a breath. I don't hear him at first. Blood is pooled in my ear and my pulse is loud. Then a shoe scuffs a wall or a door frame or a piece of furniture, and I turn my head toward the sound instinctively. But a small click like a gear falling into place, tells me my chance is done. And I want to yell, to tell them, no, I need to see my boy and my wife and... You see it? I see it, I said, putting the last of the crime scene photos down. I was happy to get them out of my hands. A year ago, they would have been nothing special for Marty Singer, homicide cop especially after 30 years in Washington, D.C.'s police force, the MPDC. But time had given me some distance from that life, and I realized I didn't have quite the same perspective on things now that I did then. This is bad. It is, Sam Block said. He was a lieutenant with the MPDC Major Narcotics Branch, the catch-all division that did most of the city's drug enforcement. Block was a slim, tall man with a pinched face and a small, pencil-thin mustache. With his black hair and dark eyes, 
He could have been Clark Gable's twin. But with a nose so broken that the tip almost touched one cheek, he would have had to have settled for being the stunt double. Who was he again? Danny Garcia, Block said. He picked up the photos and slipped them back into a manila envelope, conscious of the people passing our table at the Java Hut. We had a nook in one of the duskier corners of the coffee house, but still no sense in risking someone tossing their biscotti just because they happened to see a stack of 8x10 glossies of a mutilated body. Danny was one of our best undercover guys, Block continued. Hispanic, obviously, so he was a huge help with the Latino gangs, but it was more than that. He was good because he fit in anywhere. Fast talker, knew the street, great instincts on when to step it up or back off. He could put together a buy over in Southeast where even the black cops won't go, for Christ's sake, and the next day, be out in Hicksville, picking up a John Deere full of weed from some good old boys spitting skull between their last two teeth.